Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Gonna tell it like it really is. We know Haney doesn't give a shit. Silencing critics, eliminate misses. Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better. Everybody knows the name. Read about it. We're golf teachers, Hall of Fame. Never doubt it. It's time for the truth. Here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. It's time for the truth, here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Yeah. Listening to Haney. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, brought to you by Haney University. Go to HaneyUniversity.com and register for my free instructional videos that go out on a weekly basis. If you want to get better golf, that is a great way to do it. And you can also, at HaneyUniversity.com, find out all the information you need to know about getting a golf lesson from me at my studio in Paradise Valley, Arizona, where I am teaching a couple times a month. You can come in and get a lesson in person. And I have had some great students and... uh, We are getting great results, so it's uh, fun to see. I I love, love, love teaching in the studio atmosphere. It is the best teaching I have ever done. I cannot believe how good it is. And it is quite a transformation because when when I... Well, I got a couple stories to to share with you. When, When they first came on tour with that track band, which is the launch monitor that a lot of the pros use. They use, use two launch monitors. There's a TrackMan, and there is the Foresight. Now, I have the Foresight, uh, which you know was recommended to me by my uh, good friend Randy Peterson, who runs the Callaway uh, Research and Testing Center at Carlsbad, California. And I said, which one should I get? And he said, you should uh, the, get the Foresight. Tommy Armour told me to get the Foresight, too. And uh, two people's opinions who I, I, I greatly uh, value. But the tr- Trackman's fantastic. But where I was going with the story was when that Trackman first came out, they, they, you know, they told me how great it was and it was going to revolutionize teaching and you had to have this, you had to have that. And it, it, it's pretty amazing how they have grown that business and they have got virtually every tour pro at least everyone I ever see, has one of those two launch monitors. Some of them have both. And they're tracking everything they can about their swing, which it, it, it records all the impact characteristics, uh, what the ball's doing, the spin rate, left to right spin, the launch angle, the, and then it records all the club data, you know, the path, the face, the angle. 
all the different things that go into making the golf ball fly where it, it flies, but it also tells you distance, you know, carry, and then it figures out the roll based on the uh, trajectory and the spin rate and so on and so forth. Of course, it doesn't know how hard a ground it's hitting on, but I guess they have just some kind of an average setting. But the pros use it a lot to monitor their swing, to see if anything's changing, and also to dial in their distances. And because every time you go to the golf course, you know, something's different. The, the, the temperature's different, which affects how far the ball's going. Uh, the humidity levels are different. You know, you play at different elevations. So the pros like to hit, hit with the launch monitor there and dial in exactly how far they're hitting the ball for the day. I mean, what it, what it used to be was you would go to the driving range. Maybe your caddy had a, a, a laser rangefinder, and they could zoom in a couple distances, and you would hit you know whatever club on the range, and you would look at it, and you'd think, Okay, I'm hitting my eight iron about, you know, uh, 168 yards today. That's how far that pin is out there. But with the launch monitors, you can you can dial in the exact distance that you're hitting all the clubs. And I think that's one of the reasons that you see the pros using it before the they they play on their rounds. But I, I love the teaching with the launch. You know, I was I was like you know so so on this. I I don't need all that data. I mean, I I I know what what the ball's doing, I can see it, I, I know what's causing it to, to do what it's doing. I mean, I haven't learned anything in, in that regard. There's, there's nothing that I see on the launch monitors that surprises me, but I will say this, it is much better, much, much better, way, way better than I anticipated at helping students figure out exactly how much they need to feel change. You know, I mean, in the past, like I'll take, give you an example. People would swing too much, say too much to the left or too much to the right. You know, people who hook tend to swing too much to the right if it's a right-handed player. Uh, the ball's going to the left. They're scared it's going to the left. They swing more to the right. It makes it go more left. Uh, when you swing more right, your, your club's swinging more into out. Your body stops turning. Your hands cross over, the club face closes, you hook it more. When you're slicing it, you're leaving the face open. Your first instinct, consciously, subconsciously, whatever, is to swing more to the left. When you swing more to the left, then it, it exaggerates that, that slicing motion. And let's say you take somebody who's, who's slicing, and they're swinging the club like six degrees out to in. Pretty common number for people who slice. And I will tell them you got to you need to swing more towards the second baseman. I'll, and I'll I'll, t I'll I'll tell them you know it's like you got a baseball diamond in front of you, and second base is is center field, and you're swinging toward the shortstop. I want you to swing toward the second baseman, which is to the right of second base. That's where he stands. And then I'll tell him, I want you to feel like you're swinging towards the second baseman and you're going to hit it over his head. The reason I say you want to hit it over his head to the right fielder is because I'm trying to get people to swing up and to the right more. Most people swing down and to the left too much. Invariably, students think they're doing it, but when you have a launch monitor in front of you and it reads out a number every single time, you realize that you're not doing it. And, and like... Uh, 
you know, I've said so many times, and Tiger used to say this all the time, there's a big difference between feel and real. What you feel you're doing is not really what you're doing. And that's why you have to exaggerate so much. You have to exaggerate a, a, a change. And the launch monitor really helps you do that. That's one of the reasons I, I, I like teaching inside. The other thing I like is I like that it's a controlled atmosphere. Uh, you don't have any wind. Uh, the, you know, it, the, there's not an issue with the wind blowing the wrong direction. It's, it's hard to practice on the driving range. When you're you're hitting with a left to right wind, for instance, you're a right-handed player hitting with a left to right wind. That's the worst wind you could hit with. Most people swing the club too much to, to across the ball down to the left. If you're you know uh, hitting with a left to right wind, it's going to exaggerate a cut, and it's going to be even harder for like me or anyone to get you to swing the club a little bit more to the right. So you don't have the different wind conditions. It, it's it's good practicing into the wind. I like hitting with a with, with a student, you know, with the end of the wind or maybe a little right to left wind, not too much right to left wind. So on days when it's really windy, even if the wind's blowing in in a good direction, maybe just a little bit right to left or a little bit Indian right to left, it's it's still not great if it's blowing too hard. And uh, it's never it's never good practicing downwind because when you practice downwind, it knocks the trajectory down so much you don't really get a good view of it, and it also uh, it takes the side spin off. The downwind takes the side spin off, so, so you're going to hit it straighter when you're going going straight downwind. So you you eliminate that variable. Another thing that happens when you're hitting outside on the driving range, a lot of times there's <laughs> there's one thing that's kind of universal characteristic on driving ranges. And that is there is a general lack of grass. Now, if you're at the beginning of the season and you're, uh, you know, at a northern golf course, you probably have grass for the first, you know, few weeks, maybe the first month. But as that season wears on, there's less and less and less grass because most people tend to swing too steep. They slice, they swing down at the ball. They chop in the ground and they dig up the turf. And eventually there's not going to be much turf left because, you know, practice tees are only only so big. And that is a tough condition to practice in when you're practicing off the, the dirt or a really close lie or even worse, what they do at the, at, you know, most golf courses is they come in, they, they, they think they're doing this to make it better. And they come in and they sand all the divots. You know, they put, and, and, and they've got, you know, some golf course maintenance worker and he doesn't play golf. He's just his job is to fill in the holes with the divots. And the easiest way to do it is just take a big old shovel full of sand and you just sling it out there. And the sand goes everywhere and some of it fills in the divot. But what it really does is it thins out the lies everywhere on the driving range. And the next thing you know, you know, pretty much every lie on the driving range is like hitting out of a fairway bunker. And that's a hard situation because now out of a fairway bunker, it's hard to hit the ball solid unless you're a little bit steep and most people are too steep already so so they they tend to already swing too much down and they need to feel like they're swinging more up to try and to try and get their swing more toward level you know with a driver you should be hitting up on the ball because the ball's teed up but with a seven iron you're hitting like three degrees down but most people tend to hit down too much and hitting off bare lies is not a, a, a good way to, to get better if, if, if that's your mistake. So I like the fact that you, you have a, a good lie. People will say, oh, it's not good hitting off mats. That, that, that's not true. That's not true at all because off a mat, you can tell when you hit behind it. 
And you sh- should be able to tell when you hit behind it and you got away with it because of the mat. But when I see somebody hit behind it on a mat, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm a great teacher. He, they hit a good shot. I'm thinking to myself, that's not going to work when you get outside because you just hit four inches behind that ball. And the ball and the ball's decent because you bounced up into it off the mat. But we better get that fixed because if we take that swing to outside, it's not going to work. So as long as you're paying attention to where the bottom of the swing is, uh, hitting off mats is fine. And people say, well, I don't want to hit off the mats. It hurts my hands. That's because your swing is too steep. You know, that's not a problem I ever have with my students. That's something that if your swing is too steep, that's something that is so easily correctable. Maybe an adjustment you're set up, a couple practice swings where you hold the club up off the ground and swing as if the ball was on a, a two-foot tee, and you get the swing going more around and you turn your shoulders a little bit more around instead of tilting them up and down, and it's so easy to shallow your swing on. It's not, not an is- issue at all. These are some of the other reasons I like I like teaching in in a studio situation. Of course, I, I like the fact that the sun's not not beating down me on me, and uh, you know that that makes it makes it, it it better as well. It's it's funny because when I first started teaching, you know, early on in my teaching, I worked with the John Jacobs Golf Schools, and we went to Pinehurst Hotel and Country Club to do a golf school, and while I was there, they the the Piners people asked me, Hank, would you be interested in coming back and teaching all of our golf schools, running our golf schools, being the lead instructor at the golf schools? And, you know, I was like a 22 or 23-year-old teaching pro. And the next thing you know, I'm the director of instruction for the Pinehurst Golf Advantage Golf Schools, the biggest golf resort in the world. And it, it, I'll never forget this because... You know, we had golf schools at Pinehurst that we did, and then Golf Digest would come and do golf schools, and and they had, you know, phenomenal teachers. I mean, uh, Bob Toskey, Jim Flick, Peter Costas, Jack Lumpkin, Davis Love. But there was also another golf school in, in, in Pinehurst, and I've thought about this this many times when I'm when I'm teaching in my studio, which, by the way, my studio is a fancy... Uh, you know, area that I've transformed. It used to be a two-car garage, but I fixed it all up and dressed it up and put my uh, Foresight Golf Simulator in there and made it not look like a garage. But it's it's in a building that used to be a two-car garage. I got a I got had like five-car garage at my house. I don't need I don't have five cars, so I thought you know what I can put I can make uh, one of these areas my golf sim- simulator area in the studio. So that's what I did. But I've thought about this when I've been had people in their in their praxis because at Pinehurst there was this teacher named Paul Berthley. He, he was actually a great teacher, a, a great teacher, and he had golf schools in the you know he lived in the town of Pinehurst, and people would come to the Paul Berthley golf schools, and they would they would literally they would literally literally go to his backyard at his house. And he had this pipe. It was like a 14-inch pipe, if I remember correctly. But it was a pipe. And it kind of had a grip wrapped around this pipe. But there's no club head. There's no nothing. It's just a pipe. And he would have people practice all these different moves. You know, there were, there were golf swing moves or drills that would help you with your golf swing, but they were just basically moves that you would practice 
and you literally did it in his backyard. And I used to I used to laugh at that so much I thought that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. I said they got, these people come for a golf school and they go to this guy's backyard and and they don't ever even hit a ball. But I'll tell you what, you know his, his students swung really they swung pretty darn good. And people actually when they went to the golfers they got you know they they got some really really good results. But I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. You know, they, you go to golf school, it's in the guy's backyard, and that doesn't appeal to a big audience. I mean, there's not a lot of people that are, you know, thrilled to death with going, you know, at Pinehurst, we went to our, they went to our golf school. We got to go play, you know, Pinehurst number two in the afternoon or Pinehurst number four in the afternoon. You play golf, you, you know, you stayed at the Pinehurst Hotel. You went to the Paul Berthley Golf School and you, you, uh, you, you swung a pipe in his backyard for a few hours a day. Craziest thing I ever saw. But here I am, you know, f- fast forward and, you know, 45 years or something in my career. And this has been a long career. A lot of, a lot of golf schools. Oh, my gosh. A lot of golf schools. A lot of golf lessons. Over 70,000 golf lessons I've given. And a lot of golf schools. And you fast forward and, and, and here I am having people take hundreds and hundreds of practice swings without hitting a ball in my garage. Well, it's not really my garage. It's my golf studio. But, but, but it, it's, it's funny how I used to laugh at everybody in this guy's backyard swinging this pipe. And now I have people taking slow motion practice swings in my garage. And, and, and the, the theory is, is that, you know, I, I will watch somebody hit balls and I'll analyze their swing. And I maybe show them a couple videos. I mean, I don't have a sophisticated video system. Don't need one. I tell my students, I said, I, you know, I, I taught Tiger Woods for six years. Uh, he, he won, you know, 50% of his tournaments. He was top 10, 85% of the time. The last three years I helped him. And I showed him video I think three times in six years, literally. I I never used video. And part of the reason I didn't use video is because he would always, you know, every time I would show him a video, he would look at it and he'd see something. And what about this? What about this? How about this? How about that? And I'm like, you know, we got to, we just need to stay on point. We have a plan I have a plan. I've told you the plan. We need to do this, 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 this. Let's not worry about this. Let's just worry about this and this. And that plan will allow us to continually get better, and we will win along the way. And he would get so distracted by looking at things. Like his students do this all the time. They, they see something. They, they look at their swing, and they see something they don't like. Like, like people say, you know, I'm pulling up with my arms, something like that, okay, or jumping up with my body or jumping up on my toes or whatever. And, you know, I got to stop doing that. And I'm thinking, okay, uh, when, you hit, when you hit the ball, do you tend to hit too much ground or not enough ground? No, I, I, I tend to hit too much ground. I tend to, I tend to hit too much ground. And I'm like, okay. 
and you want to work on staying down more, keeping, yeah, I'm jumping up on my feet too much. All right. Well, if you're already hitting too much ground and you're jumping up and now we stay down, you're going to hit even more ground. And that is not going to make you better. That is going to make you worse. So we have to work on things in a progression. The reason you jump up is because your swing is too steep. The reason your swing is too steep is because you take the club too much inside, then you lift it up, then you come down over the top and straight down into the ground. And if you didn't jump up, you'd bury the club four inches into the ground because your swing is on way, way too steep of a plane coming down to the ball. So we need to, we need to just work on first things first. We need to give you a reason to stay down. And that reason is that if you don't stay down, you're going to top the ball. But if you're hitting too much ground, that is a reason to come up. That is not a reason to stay down. So you have to work on things in, in, the, in the, the proper sequence. You can't just look at a swing and look and say, oh, I don't like the way this looks, or I don't like the way that looks. You have to be able to, to see the swing in your mind's eye. And, and, and I'll show people like, okay, this is what your swing looks like, and this is what we're going to fix. But I don't obsess over the video. One, one thing I do obsess over is getting them to take a correct practice swing. And a lot of times what this means is, is we need to slow the swing down. Sometimes it means, it means we need to break it down into parts because it's a very simple theory. The theory is if you can't make a swing slowly, and correct the mistakes in your swing, then how in the world are you going to do it fast? If you can't do it slowly on the range, how are you going to do it faster on the range? If you can't do it on the range, how are you going to do it in the course? If you can't do it on the course, how are you going to do it in the tournament? If you can't do it in the beginning of the tournament, how are you going to do it on the last hole of the tournament? There's no way. So you have to break things down. And sometimes that means that, you know what, I can't even get them to make a correct practice swing and do it slowly. You know what I need to do? I had a student like this a, a, a couple of, and this guy's swing was an absolute mess, an absolute mess. And I thought, oh my goodness, what a mess. This is a mess. But you know what? You just stick to the process. So, so I said, Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the club back, and I want you to stop. We're going, we're going just to waist high and stop. And that's going to be, we're going to call that one. And then you're going to go up to the top, and that's going to be two, and you're going to stop. And then you're going to bring it back down to where you were at one, and you're going to stop. And then you're going to take it to impact, and then you're going to take it through. One, up to two, back to one, impact, and through. And we just kept doing this over and over and over again. Now, let me see if you can do that slowly. And all right, there you go. Now, let me see if you can, let me see if you can do that with the ball. Just, just, just hit, hit the ball. And then all of a sudden, the whole thing goes haywire. And I said, all right, let's do it again. One, up to two, back to one, to impact and through. One, to take away, stop, up to two, at the top, bring it back down to where you were, to impact and through. All right, now do a slow swing doing that. All right, now I want you to hit a ball 
and I just want you to swing. I hit it, hit the ball as if you're going to hit it 20 or 30 yards. Tiger used to do this. He he used to stand on the driving range, and he would literally hit drivers and carry the ball like 50 to 75 yards in the air. That was it. He'd hit it 50 to 75 yards in the air. And he did that sometimes at tour events, and, and other pros would look over it, and they go like, what in the world is he doing? And I, and I was always like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing this here? Just don't, don't show them what you do. This is what, this is what you, know, you do, what we do when we're just practicing. You don't need to do this. You know, but he, he would do that. And they'd look over, and they'd think, well, what's, he, what's he doing? Well, he's just, he's just kind of shadow boxing. If you can't do it slow, you can't do it fast. If you can't do it fast, you can't do it. You can't do it on the course. If you can't do it on the course, you can't do it in the tournament. So it's one step at a time. And sometimes you have to break it down into parts. But you break it down into parts, then you do it slowly, then you then you gradually speed it up. And I had this student, you know, a, a week or so ago, and I said, "Okay, now that you did it at, at 60 miles an hour, let's bring it up, bring the speed up a little bit more." And he'd bring it up, and it'd be better, 65, 70. And then, and then he's 75, and there it went. You know, it went, went, went back to looking like it did when, you know, or closer to what it did when he, when he walked in the door. And I said, okay, slow it down again. Get the feel again. Okay, take it back and, and, and do parts. And then, okay, let's hit, let's hit a ball. You, you don't need to hit a ball. If you can't make a practice swing, you don't need to hit a ball. I mean, if you, if you, can't, if you can't do a swing resembling something in parts, then you sure can't do it in slow motion. And if you can't do it in slow motion, what do you need a ball for? But people, like, when they're hitting, they got to hit. They hit, 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 keep hitting balls. And, and when you hit balls and you hit balls and you hit balls and you keep doing it full speed and you're not changing anything, you're just, you're just in essence, just digging a deeper hole. The hole you're digging just keeps deep, getting deeper and deeper. And now you got a big hole to climb out of. And what happens is, and this happens with teaching, I explain this to the instructors that I train. And when, when, when somebody's hitting balls and you're telling them to do something and they're hitting them bad, they're, they're losing their confidence. They're losing their confidence in themselves. They probably didn't have any confidence when it started because that's why they're taking a lesson. You know, but, but now they're losing confidence in you as a teacher because they're trying what you're saying and it's not doing any different. The ball fight's not any different. But so I don't put a ball there. I don't put a ball there until I'm very confident. And it doesn't always work, but, but I, 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 I don't put a ball there until we're very confident that you're going to hit a good shot. And if I put a ball there and, and, you don't hit a good shot, then I go back to more practice swings, more parts, break it down to parts, break it down slow motion, break it down the practice swing, speed it up a little bit. Okay, now let me see you hit a ball. Because if you don't hit it good after a couple, I will do it again. More practice swings. And as soon as you make those practice swings, as soon as you make a good practice swing, you greatly increase your chances of, of being able to hit a, a golf ball and, and doing better with it. And I always feel like as soon as somebody can make a good practice swing, I, I've got it. Now, now they're fixed. It's just from then on, it's just a matter of time. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have know to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. I've just got to get them to make that practice swing with the ball there. That's it. As soon as you can make that practice swing, you are fixed. Now it's just a matter of time. And we just got to, now we got to be able to make that practice swing with the ball there. And, and, uh, and never once has that, has that family, but it, it's, it's funny. I, you know, I, I, I think about this all the time, you know, I mean, like that Paul Berthley used to swing in his backyard with this pipe and have people doing all these moves I laughed at that, and now here I am, you know, having somebody take, uh, you know, hundreds of practice swings in my garage, and, uh, you know, I charged a little more than Paul, Paul Berthley did, but uh, that was a long time ago, but, but uh, the results are phenomenal. It is by far, by far, it's not even close, the best way 
to learn with, 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 without a doubt. And one of the things I tell people is take practice swings where you stand in front of a mirror so you can see what it looks like. You know, Hogan used to do that all the time. He'd practice swing in front of a mirror. And, uh, you know, he said, this was before video and everything. He said, man, if I'd, if I'd have had a video, I'd have really killed him. Well, he, 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 he did pretty good without the video, just, just with the mirror. But Tiger used to do that, too. He'd practice swing in the mirror all the time. I remember when... Uh, he was playing at that uh, Deutsche Bank tournament, the tournament that they had in, in, in Boston. And after the third round, uh, he was he was behind. Uh, I think VJ was beating. VJ was 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 had that little run where he's number one in the world for a little while. And Tiger was behind, and uh, he he didn't play a good thir- Saturday third round. And he, I remember talking to him. He said, "I woke up at at." 2.30 in the morning, thinking about my swing, and I stood in front of the mirror and took practice swings for an hour and a half. He woke up at 2.30, thinking about his swing, stood in front of a mirror, taking slow practice swings for an hour and a half, and then he probably went back to sleep and got a little more rest. Anyway, the teed off that fourth round. I'll never forget this. Shot 29 on the front nine. And, uh, you know, announcers like, oh, you know, he had a, a, you know, great days. Tiger Woods, you always knew it was going to happen. You know, he'd never count them out. And they, they had no idea what he did to produce that, that 29. Woke up at 2.30, stood in front of the mirror and practiced swinging for an hour and a half in the middle of the night. Went up, shot 29 on the first nine and ended up winning the tournament. Don't discount the value of making a great practice swing. That is probably the single biggest thing you can do to improve your, your, your game, your swing. I tell people my favorite tip I ever gave was take 100 practice swings a day. You take 100 practice swings a day, your swing will be more repeatable, your balance, your rhythm, your timing, your tempo, they will all improve. Your golf muscles will improve, your flexibility will improve, your speed will improve, and just the repeatability of your swing will, will improve. You'll become imminently more coachable because you just you'll, you, your swing will, will be more yours. Even if it's not 100, you know, people say, what if my practice swing's not right? There's still value to be had by taking the practice swings. Takes about takes about 12 minutes to take 100 practice swings. Got to start each one from the beginning, though. Not you can't just swing back and forth, back and forth without stopping. Uh, one of the one of the best tips I've ever given. I have so many people send me messages say, "Hank, I did your hundred practice swings a day. Played the best golf of my life," and uh, I get that message a lot. So that's my advice for today on your golf game. Uh, I've got advice for you on your uh, body and your soreness, if you've got muscle pain, uh, joint pain, arthritis pain, get my Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. Just, you can go to voodoopainrelief.com. It's absolutely guaranteed. Best product on the market. It is phenomenal. Got all the best ingredients, and you will love it. You'll reorder it time and time again because it works. So go there and check it out, voodoopainrelief.com. Uh, hit the follow button on the Our Heart Radio app where we get your podcast so you can get the Hank Haney podcast every day. Thanks for listening. Uh, hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy. And we'll talk to you soon on the Hank Haney podcast. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.